does a woman get a whole room full of dominant men to listen? Should I tell my daughter that she can have it all? Are there sacrifices to be made as a woman with ambition? Do women still need special encouragement and promotion in certain areas? What should I tell my daughter about becoming a powerful woman? To give unique insight into what it's like, how to become, and the considerations around obtaining a powerful position as a woman, I have with me today Fleur Hassan Nahum, who is an Israeli politician and policymaker. She currently serves as deputy mayor of Jerusalem in charge of foreign relations, international economic development, and tourism. She's also the co-founder and founding member of the UAE Israel Business Council and comes from a very famous political Gibraltarian family. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. What can you tell us about your journey as a woman and a mother? You have four kids, right? I do, actually. And yesterday morning, my second child, my um, first daughter, I guess, I have two, two boys and two girls, went into the army, the Israeli army. So it's, it was very emotional oh, wow. um, to send her off to the army. And all the girls that she was going in with are all wonderful, young, religious women who are um, starting to serve their country. So uh, we're very proud of her. Um, you know, I don't know whether I have it all worked out and uh, I don't think there's a recipe, but I think... The most important thing that uh, that I always tell, especially women, mm -hmm. is that, you know, um, you have to grab the opportunities that come to you. You have to be open to opportunities, open to step, step up to the plate, to take leadership positions when you can, when you feel it's for you, but and go for it. I think that uh, in life, I've, I've always uh, been very present at the different jobs that I've had, but always been open to opportunities um, and not be afraid to, to, to grab opportunities. So, um, you know, I guess in a nutshell, mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's how I wound up here. Okay. So do you have an example of uh, when someone stood in your way or where that was, uh, how, how you went about that? Well, in politics, especially, a lot of people stand in your way. Uh, a lot of people actively try and, and block mm -hmm. you. And that's just the nature of the game. But I think the main thing is to, it depends, you know, it depends why you go into politics. So some people go into politics because they want the power. Um, they want to be in a powerful position. And some people go into politics because they want the influence. For me, uh, it's not about power. For me, it's about influence. It's about having a vision for my country, having a vision for my city, having a vision for something, and then going for it. And so a lot of, I speak to a lot of women who are like, I want to get into politics. And I say to them, that's the wrong thing to say. What do you want to change? You get into politics to change something. You don't get into politics because I want to get into politics. What is your passion? What is your um, subject? What is it that you want to do And then politics is a way to get it mm -hmm. done. If you do want to make a change and people get in your way, and if you're focused on the goal, then, you know, I always say you somebody closes a door, you, you jump through the window. And I mean, there's many, many types of things where I was told no at the beginning. I was told that the UAE Israel Business Council was a bad idea at the beginning, and we did it anyway. Um, and, and so many different things like that. And you just have to 
be goal-oriented and then things come together. Mm -hmm. And what was your vision? What did you want to contribute? Well, in general or for the UAE uh, piece? When you, no, when you went into politics. Oh, well, first of all, I, um, I, I felt that Israel needed better representation outside of Israel. I've always felt that uh, we really don't do a good job in um, presenting our country, mm. branding our country, talking about our country. Uh, we are under a lot of different attacks. Mm -hmm. our, our very, I think we're the only country in the world whose very existence is questioned constantly. And I just think that we, I just thought we could do a lot better. And I think that people who didn't grow up in Israel are perhaps the best positioned to defend Israel um, when the attacks are coming from outside. So that was the first instinct, why I wanted to get into politics. I wanted to do a better job of communication mm -hmm. in the country. Um, and then, of course, Jerusalem became my issue. Jerusalem is an incredible city uh, with so many challenges. Uh, and the challenges of Jerusalem are not just relevant to the city, they're relevant to the entire country. Mm -hmm. um, and so... You know, the, the low workforce participation of uh, the Arab community, the Haredi community, which is something which is problematic for the economy of the city and the country. The rights of women um, in a city which is increasingly becoming more, with more extreme elements from many different sides. Um, the economy of the city, helping the city become part of the startup nation story. So all those reasons were the reasons why I got into politics in the city of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, uh, through my position, I've been, I've been able to make some positive changes. It's very, it's very impressive, I have to say. It's, uh, I'm a bit starstruck. <laughs> yeah, yeah but I'm, I'm really also curious about how you balanced all of that with being a mother. Can you tell us about that? So I always say, you know, women can have it all but maybe not all at the same time. And I know that some people get upset when I say this. Um, I, I don't think I could have done this job when I had four kids under the age of seven, mm -hmm. which I did. I had other jobs. I always worked and I was always pushing my career forward. Mm -hmm. But the intensity of politics or running in a campaign is something that if I would have done that, I would have been completely absent for months mm -hmm. from my children. And um, I couldn't have done it when they were little, when they were little. And so I feel like my career has intensified as my kids have gotten older. And that's what works for me. Yeah. I don't judge any woman who wants to do anything at whatever age. But I always say, if you want to have it all, if you want to be a present mother and you want to be you know, involved in, in the upbringing of your children, um, Maybe just wait, maybe do something else that contributes to your experience and to the buildup of your career. But maybe you don't have to. You know, I, I know many young, I know many women my age who started politics very young. And they say to me, you know, I, and they had kids a little later. And now they're like, you know, now we want to take it easy. And I did it the other mm -hmm. way around. I think I've always been a career woman. I've always been a working mother. But the intensity of my career has, you know, has gotten, uh, you know, has gotten deeper as my kids have gotten older and need me less physically. Your kids will always need you emotionally and you have to be um, open to that and to prioritizing. Mm -hmm. 
family. But again, you know, if you talk to <laughs> my husband half the time, you know, I, I travel a lot. Uh, he is a, a very important part of, of my success in the sense that if he wasn't on board and if he wasn't a true equal co-parent, then I couldn't be doing what I do. And so I always say that the most important decision a woman ever makes is who she marries. Um, and thankfully, it just came from above. What did I know? I was 24 when I met my husband. I, you know, I, uh, I picked the right guy who is very much uh, supportive of my career. And he is very much uh, happy to be a very equal co-parent. Mm -hmm. Did you feel there were sacrifices that you had to make? Um, there's always sacrifices to everything that you do. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I've, I feel, maybe my kids feel differently, that um, in the moments that count, I'm always there. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Because I, I don't think if I was a hel helicopter parent, I don't think it would make them any healthier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I always say to my kids, if I didn't have a career... I would be unbearable. So, so I need, I need, I, you know, I, I think it's important um, for a woman not to get her entire validation from one source. So when your entire identity is, is basically connected to your motherhood or being a wife, it, you know, again, I don't want to generalize. It works for some people. Fine. Mm -hmm. It would have worked for me. I can't, um, you know, I feel that I have something in this life to do. And to contribute to society, as well as uh, being being a, a mother to four kids, and I needed an outlet for that uh, creative energy mm -hmm. and for that need of mine to contribute, and that wouldn't have happened alone uh, if, without a career. So I'm very lucky that I have a balance in my mm -hmm. life. I have a you know a, you know strong family base, and I have a, you know, a, a, a career yeah. that, that, that I continue to build. And I think to me, that's important. Now, some women, like I say, I, I don't judge, I, you know, the older I get, the less I judge. <laughs> I've heard that a lot. Yeah. But there must've been time. I mean, a balance isn't that easily struck. There must've been times where you've really yeah, been, been in it. And... You know, I tell you, I, I, yes, look like I, I always, I'm not the most organized mother. So for example, you know, all those emails you get from schools. And I don't remember my parents getting any type of the involvement that we need to have today as parents in school, I think is too much. But that's just my opinion. And um, so I, 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 I'm, I'm the mother that misses like the white t-shirt day. And I'll never forget once I was like, you know, it was like white t-shirt day and I forgot and my kids went in a regular t-shirt. And I call and, and they call up, oh, you forgot to put us in a white t-shirt. And I call my husband and I'm like, we forgot the white t-shirt. And he was like, okay, so we forgot the white t-shirt. So, you know, I learned from him that, you know, let's be a little kinder to ourselves in terms of expectation. Like I said, I'm sure there are things that I miss. I know there are things that I miss, but for the things that count, I'm there. And that's just part of the package yeah. um and that's it and they they know it i know it we all know mm -hmm. it and everybody, everybody's okay okay so you learn to let go of things and prioritize what's important what's not and you must have also had yeah. help other than your your husband yeah look when i was growing up my mother always made me understand that if you want to have kids 
you know, you need help. Mm -hmm. So again, I've always had help. I've always had home help, which is very important. And again, some people can't afford it. Some people can't afford it. Thankfully, I could. Mm -hmm. And I always say again, I say this to my friends who it's not about money. It's about other things, ego, jealousy. They don't want anybody helping them with their kids. Because, And I say to them, you know, anybody can clean my house, but only I can be the mother to my children. So if I have a certain amount of hours in the day, then what can I farm out to somebody else to do that I don't have to do? Mm. And so that's kind of my philosophy. Whatever I can delegate, mm. uh, yeah. I do. And whatever is really something you can't delegate, then, then I also do. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. And I mean, now that your kids are, they're grown up, all of them, almost. Well, my youngest, my baby is uh, 14. Um, and they're all very... Israeli kids are very independent. Mm. Um, they really are. It's a blessing. And I think it's as a result of the fact that women in Israel have always worked. And the reason that women in Israel have always mm -hmm. worked is because nobody could afford to live with one salary. Mm -hmm. It's It doesn't happen here. So if you don't have the guilt associated, uh, I'm not sure I could have had the same career in another country, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. So... Um, there's no guilt associated for women with working here because everybody works. There's a childcare infrastructure from a very, very young age. And as a result of the fact that the kids are out of the house at a very young age, um, kids become very independent. Um, the kind of youth movements are very strong here. And so kids taking responsibility very early. So my um, 16, 15-year-old daughter was a madricha. Uh, she was a counselor of like 89-year-olds. And that's a lot of responsibility for a 15-year-old kid, a 16-year-old kid. She's done it for two years, and, and my other kids as well did it. And they're very independent. I mean, at the moment, I've got two kids in the army, mm -hmm. essentially, and two kids still in school. <clears throat> of the two kids who are still in school, 17 and 15, mm -hmm. they're both in different cities of the country right now, staying over with friends and they get their own buses and they get their own trains. We are not helicopter parents in this country. Mm -hmm. And so that independence um, has given me a lot of time and room uh, to be able to, to do the, 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 the work that I do mm -hmm. as well. But it's also the age where they start leveling accusations at you and you should have done this. And then what, what have you heard from them in that regard? I think that there is this feeling uh, among some of my kids, not all of them, that maybe I travel too much for work. I'm sure there's that feeling. Um, and I just, it, that's okay. I, 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 I accept it. I accept it. Um, I accept that they may feel that way. Um, and that's okay. I don't fight with them about their feelings. That's how they feel. Uh, and the way that I feel is, this is what mommy does and uh, and this is what I'll continue to do. And and again, they know that I'm always there. And even if I'm in the other side of the world, I'm still, you know, organizing their lives. Uh, so, mm -hmm. so that it, it just has to be good enough. Again, there's always sacrifices and there's always a price you pay. Um, but the price that I would pay if I wasn't doing... What I do is I think, and I tell them this all the time, a much meaner and more frustrated mother. 
So they should be lucky that I have my own life and outlet that I, you know, that, that, that they, they have this kind of functional relationship with me as a result of the fact that I don't uh, try and um, overcompensate for anything through mm. them. And they understand that, they appreciate that. I think they appreciate that with the um, influence I have um, that they call upon on many different issues you know it it comes with the role mm -hmm. okay so they're they see that there are good sides and uh, and bad yeah to having such an yeah. influential mother yeah oh. i i guess so i hope so <laughs> rooms of with with people with dominate dominant people people who have a lot of influence can you teach us something from your experiences uh, there in terms of you're you're a woman you're uh, you're trying to get people to do what you want them to do yes i think my my general philosophy is that you get a lot more with honey than with vinegar um and i think that is actually something that that is part of me being a woman mm -hmm that um there i think there is always a good way of getting your way you know um i think you have to be strategic some people would say manipulative i say strategic and i think you need to i think you need to make people feel um valuable and if you make other people feel valuable I, I, that's really the way of getting them to 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 do what what you think is right, mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a very feminine quality. Actually, I think it's a mm -hmm. it's a woman quality. Mm -hmm. Building consensus, I think, is something which is very uh, female oriented. Yeah. I think that these type of traits, uh, women, female traits, are now becoming what people are calling emotional intelligence management through emotional in, intelligence, and I think that that's actually something that comes very naturally to women. And so I try and um, make other women understand that to be successful, you don't have to uh, be like a man. We have to be ourselves and we have to use our female qualities and we have to change the rules of the game if we have to. Um, but that's the only way that we're going to get any type of balance mm -hmm. in the leadership of the in any country when men and women are both around the tables mm -hmm. um, but us being ourselves and not you know you know being something we're right not. so you haven't gotten to where you are by stomping your feet and being rude and and loud no, no. the very very opposite um, I've gotten my way by um, by basically you know trying to to get people to understand and, and trying to convince people and trying to show them the value for them uh, and why it's good for them rather than why it's good mm. for me. And I, that's really the key of communication it's, it's, it, with, with any audience. Tell them what's in it for them, not, not for mm. you. And, and that way you can get what you want. Mm. But yeah, I'm thinking women are more agreeable. They're more neurotic than than men are, and that's what that's where we have those feminine qualities from. But I'm thinking areas like where, where you're in that attract uh, females with a lot of ambition. Um, they don't typically have those traits, so I can imagine that it's for them a little bit more difficult to dip into those those qualities. Well, that's when the kind of aggression and um... You know, it, it it's a different style of leadership 
And I think that people who lead with aggression in the end um, uh, are not successful in the end. Have you been in a situation where you've looked at other women and thought, oh, God, please stop. You're not going to get anywhere doing what you're doing now. And what was that behavior? Um, well, I think that, um, I think that uh, again, this is the women thinking that that by being aggressive it's a good look i think that a woman being aggressive because of the double standards that we have in the world a woman uh, an aggressive woman is always kind of you know not seen as as good as an aggressive man an aggressive man is almost seen like a like a rock star like a dynamic leader like you know in israel they say bulldozer but they say it as a compliment um Whereas I think that, um, that, that, that sometimes I want these women to understand that that's not who they have to be uh, to be successful and quite the opposite. Because it's not, again, this is double standard. It's just not a good look. When women scream, it sounds worse. Yeah. And if a man screams, just the way that it is, just the way that, that, the, we've, that, that the world perceives that. Um, and so we, we should not really aim to, to be to have that type of uh, male aggression. Mm. I think uh, we have to celebrate um, the way that we get things yeah. done. So we should teach our daughters to embrace and accept their feminine qualities and, and work with those. Yes. And that is the emotional intelligence that women, I think, excel in that is actually being taught in every management course now. People are saying that the best CEOs are not the ones that have the highest IQ, but they're the ones that have the highest EQ. Because when you're dealing with people, it's emotional intelligence, which is much more valuable than um, than intellectual intelligence. And so, you know, and I think that that's something that women do very naturally. We listen more. We try and build consensus. We like to hear, you know, lots of different opinions. Um, these, you know, these are the... I. I, I was a head of a committee, a very difficult committee in City Hall. I honestly, in two years, I didn't pass one decision that wasn't a consensus decision. Wow. I never bulldozed my way through that committee. We would, even if it took two hours, we would we would eventually come to some type of consensus. And I think that, uh, that we should really, you know, do do those things. The, the, these are the qualities that the world needs. Mm. We don't need more men in terms of the leadership qualities. We need more women. Okay. Can you talk a bit about that and your, your thoughts on, on feminism, on, on, on feminism in the conservative part? I mean, you're, you're part of Likud, which is a conservative party. So that really interests me. What are your thoughts are around that? So, um, yeah, the, I think that in, in Israel in general, it's, it's tough for women in politics. It's tougher. Um, because I think the Middle East is not a, an easy place. The Likud party is a party that definitely needs to advance in terms of women's representation. We don't have anywhere near enough women in parliament as a party. In general, the country doesn't have enough women in parliament. Uh, the Likud is not, uh, is not faring well in terms of uh, gender representation. What's the ratio? Uh, oh, I think we have like, six or seven uh, women parliamentarians out of 30-something. Really not good enough. Um, nowhere near Europe or uh, the United States. 
and I, you know, I, I try and talk to the powers of the party to make them understand that this is actually a problem. Mm. And I'm not sure they understand it yet. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a problem. Uh, I, I'm not uh, under Likud in City Hall. I run with an independent list. So it's a little bit mm. different. But in the national politics, it, it's, it's, not, it's not where it should be. And I think the women of Likud understand this. And uh, I think we need to be more forceful in uh, trying to in trying to fight for more uh, female representation. Okay. So, what would you think? What would be a good ratio? Fifty-fifty? Yeah, of course, absolutely. I always say we live in an imbalanced world because women are not making fifty percent of the decisions. Uh, this is why we need both. We need the, the female and the male leaders leadership yeah. and the style of leadership and so absolutely 50 50 well, what if what if 50 of of the women aren't interested in going into being such influential people that's you not true there's always absolutely not not here anyway okay no it's not for every woman but there's plenty of women who want to do it They just have to be in those decision-making positions. We have to make help them get there. So, what what would you tell your daughter if she had doubts? If she, yeah, if she stood in front of this, do I choose my family? Do I choose my career? These uh, balancing issues that we all have to face. What a- Thankfully, we're living in a world that you don't have to make those choices. You can choose to have it all, and you just have to do it strategically in a balanced way and uh, in the right time. But you, you, it doesn't have to be a dilemma anymore. And also, we have to demand a little bit more from our partners. Um, you know, they're the they're the parent too, and I don't think everything should fall on the mother. And uh, and I think it's ultimately healthier for the child also if they have uh, two good models of uh, parenthood at home. And so, um, I would say to women, you know, pick your partners well, and uh, and and decide what it is you want to do. And uh, and find balance in your life. It, it, you don't have to choose between this and that. You you can have it all. You just have to figure it out. Figure out how mm-hmm. to do it. Are there negative consequences to to feminism as you see it? Are there any negative no. sides of the coin? No, feminism is simply the equal rights and opportunities for men and women. Anything else that's been attached to the word feminism has been attached by the people who want to destroy equal rights of women. And so um, I know a lot of people, women are like, I'm not a feminist. Well, you don't believe in equal rights? You do. So then you're a feminist. Um, and it's kind of this, this, this word feminism has been given this negative connotation that it's women who hate men. It couldn't be further from the truth. That's not what feminism means. And anybody interpreted in any other way are doing it very deliberately mm. to kill a movement of equal rights which always happens everywhere because when you take, you give power to one side, you're taking power away from another mm-hmm. side. Um, and so I don't think, I, I don't think there's, if you do it right and if you have a good uh, partnership situation at home, there's no reason why uh, the feminist movement to eventually bring women to the workplace and to be leaders in every single field has to be a negative thing. It can only be a positive okay. thing. Okay. Well, in in Israel and in in our part of the world, which rights don't women have anymore? It's not about rights; it's about opportunities. And we have equal rights for men and women. We don't have equal opportunity. 
I guess my question is just when do we say okay it's uh, it's an it's enough now like f feminism has 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 done what it set out to do when 50% of the women are making the decisions in the world because uh, I mean I come from Scandinavia and there it's been made easier than anywhere for women and we have really everything and there you see women aren't really reaching for those top positions you don't have all we don't have 50 50 politicians female to male you know they're you've choosing other things but you've had female prime ministers they've had females at every it doesn't i'm not talking about every woman choosing to be a politician no, it's, it's just very interesting I'm talking about the women that want it should be able to have the opportunity mm -hmm. to do it without fighting harder than the men. That's all. That's equal opportunity. Why should I have to work harder to get to the same place? Yeah. I, yeah. How, how do you know if it's you're fighting harder because you're a woman or you're fighting harder just because people are very competitive where you are or because you know, you're not a likable person or so it's difficult to know what is this an obstacle because I'm a woman or is this an obstacle because I'm poor or because people don't like the way I smile? Well, you, you can put many layers to it, but being a woman, um, it has an added hardship and the added hardship, at least in politics, what I've seen is that women are always underestimated. So whenever I walk into a room, um, the first reaction of people when they see I'm a woman is, oh, how long is she going to be here around for? Or how did she get here? When there's a male politician, there's no, nobody has these questions in their heads. How did he make it? You know, and that kind of, um, this kind of uh, underestimation is itself discrimination. And uh, the way I do, I deal with it is that I, um, I basically use it to have the power of surprise because when people underestimate you, they don't see you coming. And so it can actually be a strategic advantage. But for most people, it's, uh, you know, when, when you walk into a room with, with my male assistant and people think he's the deputy mayor, you know how many times that's happened. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's not easy for women and it's because we're women. And we do have to work harder. I always say, you know, when we're going to have equal rights, you know, when the feminist movement can say that they're mm -hmm. rested, when mediocre women are getting the top positions, because top positions are filled with mediocre men and amazing women. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Yeah, well, I think that we are being taken serious, more seriously in other arenas, no? Like, for example, if I can go up to a police officer and push him and he won't arrest me. But if my husband does the same, he's under arrest immediately. So there are other areas where you're sort of, where you're also happy that you're not taken as seriously as a woman. So that because you are a woman, then you also have other advantages. Like that we say you have female trainers. In this country, you push a policeman. You could be a man, a woman, or a dog. Okay. But <laughs> in Israel, there's a different climate, obviously. But I think that you have a... I don't think there's any... I don't think there's... Uh, no, I don't, I don't think that there's things we get away with. I don't know. I think ultimately maybe there are. But <laughs> the sum of everything that we're trying to do is, uh, is okay. harder. It's just harder to prove yourself as a woman. It's harder 
to get those positions. And sometimes we hold ourselves back. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't go for the positions because we think that somehow if we are the hardest working person and we're the smartest in the team, somebody's just going to see that and give it to us. And what we have to realize is that we have to advocate for ourselves more because nobody gives up power willingly. Nobody. Mm -hmm. And so if we want something, we have to be, we have to be more aggressive about getting what we want. That, yes. But uh, unfortunately, it's not, it's not equal. The opportunities are not equal. Would you also argue for a 50-50 split in all areas? I mean, then the, the oil rigs in Norway, should we start bussing women up to the, to the openings? Oh, the... <laughs> Again, you're trying to get me to say that all women should be everywhere. That's not what I'm saying. You're getting it completely okay. wrong. What I'm saying is that wherever women want to be, they should have equal opportunities to get there. That's what I'm saying. Mm. And if a woman does want to be an oil rig engineer, she should have the same opportunities mm. than a man. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying all women want to work in oil rigs. Is there anything you feel like you haven't said regarding how we should address the next generation, how we can improve their mental health? Because that's a big issue. They are suffering a lot from depression and anxiety. Yeah. My big concern is that, you know, one in three couples over 30 have had fertility issues. More women over 30 now don't have kids. A lot of them are waiting yeah. and stuck in relationships where they have unreciprocated commitment. And this is a trend all yeah. over the Western world, including the secular yeah. world in Israel. And I yeah. really uh, hope that that's something more politicians would, would address this this bad culture well i think that um you you've thrown a lot of things but essentially i think that um we're living in a very difficult culture when it comes to self-image and uh, a lot of girls particularly young girls are very affected by that world that we live in um i i think that what we have to do is i read something beautiful that uh, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs uh, wrote, I'm um, reading one of his latest books, and he said, you know, you you can think, you don't have to think less of yourself, just think less about yourself. In other words, you don't have to be obsessed with yourself the whole time. It doesn't mean that you have to have a low self-esteem. So I would say to these women, just instead of instead of just being completely self-absorbed, with your image, why don't you just go out and do something for society? What I love about Israel is that kids here can't graduate unless they do 250 hours of volunteerism. Oh, wow. This is in high school. And then you have to go to the army or they have to um, go to national service. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying we don't have mental health problems here, but it makes kids step out of their own very selfish environment this whole obsession with themselves the only way to get rid of that is by giving to others and understanding how lucky you are compared to other people and trying to make other people's lives better and i think that if we focus on that on giving then we'll be less obsessed with ourselves and what we're taking and who's not giving us what we should get. And I would say that that is probably uh, the best advice I can offer as a mother and as a political leader. Well said. I like that. Thank you. I mean, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>